Well, welcome to another episode of the Church Starts Conversation. Uh, today we have a treat. I have Ruben Ortiz, who is a pastor of La Primera Iglesia Hispana Batista in Deltona, Florida. And Ruben, I know I already mispronounced the church, so go ahead and give that <laughs> up there. Wow. Thank you, Andy. Thank you for having me. It's La Primera Iglesia Bautista Hispana de Deltona. Uh, maybe we can have a Spanish class in this podcast. Uh, that would be <laughs> extremely helpful. You know, I spent uh, six years studying Greek, uh, which is really practical for biblical speaking. Uh, but, you know, when it comes to actually having conversations with people, um, I don't really find myself in Greek much or among Greek speakers. So, uh, yeah, Spanish would be much more helpful uh, for me in this day and age. Uh, okay. I can I can understand that, uh, Andy. I have been fighting with my English for the last fifteen, seventeen years, and nothing happened. So you are, <laughs> your Greek is better than my English. I think so. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's just go ahead and get it out there. Uh, I have been studying and uh, struggling with English for thirty uh, plus years now, and I still have yet to even come to an elementary level of the language. So, uh, <laughs> so we're, we're right there together. So no worries. <laughs> Uh, well, Ruben is uh, a pastor in Deltona, Florida. Uh, he also is uh, the uh, co-director or co-coordinator of the Hispanic Network for CBF. He does this work alongside of uh, Linda Jones, uh, who works with CBF Global and uh, CBF North Carolina. And, and primarily, I think the reason uh, I had you on is because you have a lot to offer our church starters. And also, I think you have a lot for our uh, established churches as well. Um, you essentially uh, took over a church uh, a little over 15 years ago um, that was struggling, um, that was uh, facing, you know, uh, kind of what a lot of our congregations are facing, uh, shrinking numbers, um, struggling uh, finances and buildings. And, and you were able, through your leadership uh, and inspiring the people of that congregation to uh, really transform who they are today. And uh, so uh, we'd like to hear more about your story. So, so tell us a little bit about uh, where the church was 15 years ago when you were called as the pastor. Well, interesting. Uh, it's in Deltona in Florida, and the church uh, was established for uh, 25 years uh, uh, there. And um, the church was, uh, you know, sinking in the division um, just uh, passed a, a division, and uh, the church was uh, in a very bad condition at that time. But, you know, I found like 20, uh, 25 very faithful uh, people that stayed in the church, and they, was, they were, you know, uh, day by day fighting with the circumstances they had. Um, it was a wonderful time, uh, but very challenging for me because even it was my first uh, uh, ministry uh, here in the U.S. Just arriving from uh, Ecuador when I was studying and um, working as a missionary um, from 1993 that I left Cuba. I, I was born in Cuba. So leaving Cuba in 1993 and spending eight years, uh, seven years, something in, in Ecuador, and then arriving to U.S. and just arriving in my my second year here, when I got the papers, <laughs> um, my first job was, uh, official job was uh, La Primera Iglesia Bautista Hispana in Daltona. Um, 
And if, let me tell you, uh, now I can see uh, the past and I am so grateful for what God did because it was a, a miracle until today. We are still on that. You know, nothing says the work of a pastor like already having to transition to a new place and then coming to a very uh, challenging circumstance. But for you, you know, you're you're literally kind of uh, coming into an, a new culture, immersing yourself into that culture and becoming a part of it on top of trying to understand the culture and pulse of this church. So what did it look like for you to begin to put your finger on the pulse of this community in those first few days and months? Well, uh, for me, it was very important, the concept of, of family, even today. And, um, and let me clarify this, Andy. Everything I, I will, I'm talking is about in the context of the Latino church, you know, which is a different uh, way dif- to different in, in, in Anglo church some, sometimes. Uh, but, you know, it's Christianity. This is the life in Christ. So, um, and I think this is something we can, uh, um, you know, give us an offering to this country. Our concept of family was key in those uh, 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 years, the, in the beginning, because I, I was seeing all the situation, the whole situation as I was part of the family, maybe the, the last one, even the baby one, because I was the youngest in that congregation, you know? So I see the people like my grandpa and my grandma and, um, you know, my, my parents, uh, and they embrace me as a mem- the new member of the family. So that concept of, uh, so my core group was a family from the beginning and still is there. So I, I can read a lot of books today talking about you, the pastor, you don't need to be very friendly because, uh, uh, you know, you need to be uh, real with, this is your job and you are not, the members are not your family. You know, <laughs> I said, no, for me, the members are my family and they hurt me a lot sometimes, you know, but they saved me. You know, most of the time they save me and they taking, they are taking care of me and they even support me in hospitals and everything is related with my church family. And uh, that concept, I'm, even I'm, I'm working on that very strong in our network, in that, you know, network for CBF because we are a family that supports and they, and, and that we uh, create links, uh, all the time in, in, in that, um, uh, support us as a family and that, that was the key the key was to think that these people are there not only to be the members and the people are paying my salary but it was like let me tell you i start <laughs> my salary was 800 per month uh at that time 2002 and i was paying 450 for a, for a, a little apartment so <laughs> could you imagine and i had a, a little boy you know, like he was uh, six months old, my my son, Danny. So if I don't have that concept of family and, you know, to be part of something bigger that we are here, not a job, not a salary is more, more, more than that. You say, and, and that family is eternal. And that family for me is eternal. It's not only here for one season. So it, that, that was a key well, I just saw that Danny actually just turned 16, too. Yes. 
So, uh, you know, he has grown up right alongside of this beautiful congregation that, that you've helped develop. And I love that concept uh, that you're talking about. And we struggle with it as ministers, really. It's that balance between the profession of being a pastor and the relational nature of being a pastor. Um, that while we need to have, you know, formal business hours and, and make sure that we keep our pastoral life and our personal life and those boundaries set, there's something to be said about what you were saying, which is these people are your people. They are your family. And there is a, um, a unique quality to that relationship when you can be vulnerable around people. You know, and unfortunately, we're hesitant to do that often at times because sometimes we do get burned um, by church members. Those scars do cut deep when you especially open up your life. Um, but there's something to be said about that type of dynamic work, that these people became your people. They were your family. Yes, Andy. And I, I'm always returning to that concept because every time I'm trying to put something that I read in books, like, uh, you know, Purpose Driven Church or, you know, um, any church growing uh, movement, uh, I, I'm, I'm always, you know, shocked with that huge wall that in the Latino uh, way, in Latino world in the U.S., we cannot do it without the family concept. Church is family. So every time I'm trying, you know, it's, it's a, uh, I have a lot of failure uh, in the past, you know, trying to grow the church. For that reason, I'm, I'm going to start thinking in the healthy of the church and not in the growing. And the healthy is related with values, and values are related with families. For that reason, I'm always returned to family. Uh, for you, uh, family and relationships was, was very important during this early time. What are some of the other key things that, that you did to help them come around this development issue? Well, I'm, I'm going to start working with small groups from the beginning. It wasn't a program for the, you know, the, three, the third or fourth year when we established from the beginning, I think in small groups. And that's a key uh, because the church only has one pastor until today, one staff, one per- paid staff, myself, uh, because I have a lot of pastors that they're pastor in the church. Even when, when we are now uh, 300, uh, and you cannot think that in, in, you know, in the Anglo context because, you know, 100, 150, you know, you need to hire someone. And then the finances are killing you. <laughs> uh, no, we always think in uh, embracing the, uh, the people, the laity in the congregation. Lay people for me are the uh, column, you know, the the um, the most important compo- component in the church, mm-hmm. lay people, you know, uh, and 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 I, I changed in the past. I was thinking in in discipleship. Now I'm I'm thinking in spiritual formation. Mm-hmm. So I'm working with small groups and lay people that I am working in their character and not not in their abilities. For that reason, my for for my point of view is to have a stability as a pastor. So the discipline of uh, stability, uh, it has been the most, um, you know, uh, challenge goal I have as a person. Mm. 
for years, I, I, I never think in, in change at church, even for salary. I have two or three good uh, offerings, you know, outside of the church, the local church in, in Daltona. And I visited then, even I preached in some places, and I said, no, because I, this is not what I am. <laughs> you know, this is not the family I am. I am forming. So, and I, I remember that wonderful phrase that forming together, it was made for me. <laughs> Not by me, but it was made for me, the family, the CBA family. And when I found CBA family, you know, I, I was in my waters. Because uh, forming together means spiritual formation, the character, and the goal to do things uh, as a family. So working in small groups, for me, the discipline of stability, that this is my place and I'm, I'm not moving. This is not a, and, and this is a temptation for new church to start. You know, we have a program and in the next two years, maybe we move from another thing. I, I never thought in moving, uh, just the discipline of stability and being stable in one place. Now, now is the pivot for me to work even nationally, you know, just little things and we need in this uh, gospel of prosperity and big things and big uh, budgets we need to to come back again to the small things small uh, beginnings and i love that part of uh, the the ministry in a latino context i think one of the things that i hear you saying um and is I think has, has ultimately been that catalyst to, to help you be successful is that you realize this wasn't about you. Uh, I love what you said. It's about lay people. It's about uh, empowering lay people to first grasp on to their journey with Christ. Um, you know, oftentimes we can get frustrated in the church because people don't buy into what we're trying to do, but sometimes we forget about uh, that. It comes down to the journey and helping them along in the journey. And when they mature and grow in the journey, uh, they begin to think beyond themselves. Uh, we can then begin to identify their God-given strengths and talents and find ways to plug them in. You know, the fact that you pastor a 300-person congregation, but you're the only person on the pastoral staff says so much about your leadership to help them identify their place in their journey and identify their gifts and strengths and to give them responsibility. Um, Yes, uh, we don't have budget for, um, you know, uh, inviting preachers. And uh, the idea I always, uh, you know, was sitting in them is uh, I can disappear anytime. And I want you to be ready because I can disappear anytime. Um, um, and they are ready for that. Uh, and, and that, you know, is, is wonderful because I, I'm flexible now to help other churches and to have a lot of friends in Latino context and to work in the, in the CBF uh, context in the family. And it's, it's, it's the key, lay people, and we need to return to that. And this is the key. In, in the book of Acts, it's not about the, uh, the big persons and the apostles, but lay people. One of the things it sounds like you've done is that you didn't create this uh, short-term growth and development your goal was long-term growth long-term development in fact as we were um you know reaching out to our podcast listeners and asking people if they had questions for you today one of the questions submitted was how do you create long-term development and growth for a new church start 
Well, I, as, as I talk, for me, it's to work in myself first, in the discipline of stability. And, uh, and the common attributes to stability are tolerance. It's important. Reliability, uh, durability in, in character formation. Uh, in essence, it's a spiritual discipline that, uh, you know, set to my ego, you need to stay there for the sake of others um, first. And then I'm, I'm planning, you know, as all, all the pastors with all the tools we have today, uh, I'm, I'm preaching uh, in sermon series, and that helps me. I, I create, you know, all the files for every single ministry. We have uh, five ministries in the church we call Pesca. In Spanish, means uh, fishing. And Pesca means uh, proclamation, um, um, evang evangelization, um, uh, service, uh, deacons, work, community, uh, communion, uh, and administration. So, so we work in that. Uh, uh, and you can find all, all those tools, but all those tools are not important. Are, are, are in books. Are for me the, the formation of the character is more important. I, I'm here to stay. And if I have some very bad members sometimes, <laughs> they, they'll try, they're trying to, you know, they, and they talk about everything I did and they, you know, all the members we have always, but I always said, no problem. I'm a stain. So what are you going to do with that? <laughs> you are not a stain. I'm a stain. If you cannot deal with me and we cannot be friends here, we are not going to, he to heaven because we need to be, <laughs> you know, and sometimes they, they, they left the church. I, Our church has 300, but I always said, all the people I lose in the past, maybe we have a thousand <laughs> right now. <laughs> so, but I, I, I am not worried about the people leaving church. You know, I'm, I'm worried about myself staying in church mm. and sharing with people. And uh, in the beginning was very hard because, you know, you, are, you enter the church with that sense of family and then you start losing uncles <laughs> <laughs> and people, but you stay. Just stay, long families to stay together. Mm. And the people who stay, then we have a core group. Even if you lose people, you will stay. And you are the friend of people who are staying. And, and you are the, you know, and you know other people's outside. And when you meet them in, in, you know, in the community, you say hello. And uh, they don't need to stay. But the people who stay, they, they are the core group. And we work with, with those. And no hard feelings. You know, this is very difficult to find in in latino context because we always you know our always our divorce uh finishing in fighting <laughs> there's nothing like a happy divorce <laughs> in latino context but uh, as a pastor uh that um idea that you need to you are you are there for a long time and they're not moving you um god is moving you and your calling is moving you but the people you know they're they're Uh, committed to be part of a family that you are feeding all the time and you're nurturing all the time. And then you plan. And in the beginning, I planned for five years, uh, then for three years. And now I, we are reviewing our, our vision at this moment. We're in, in, in a discernment process in the 40th anniversary. Now we are going to celebrate in October. And, and we, are, we will be planning for one year only mm. because the, the war is, is changing so fast. And even in the Latino working U.S., 
uh, world is, is, is changing so fast that we are planning for a short, short term. Well, I think it speaks very highly of your character um, that you stay and you feel called to stay. And, uh, you know, I'll tell you that that's not a uh, Latino pastor culture only. It's, it's across the board. It's so easy for ministers to uh, climb our own form of the uh, corporate ladder, if you will, you know, to jump from size church to size church and greater size church and greater size church. Uh, and it's as, as if that is uh, what is the bar for defining our success and achievement. Uh, and so I think it speaks very highly of your character and the beautiful work that you do that you stay and you feel called to stay. You know, I, I, I learned that from my father. He He's still living in Cuba. And for years... He received uh, the calling for a lot of people, and you know, people talking to him. You need to leave Cuba. And, you know, situation is very hard. And he he always said, "I'm going to stay. I'm the last one turning off the light." Mm-hmm. He said, <laughs> uh, because uh, if everybody leaves Cuba, who's going to preach and who go, who's going to minister in this situation? So my father stayed, and I, I he said always. Uh, that to me, uh, you need to stay. Uh, the good pastor are proof in the long term. She <laughs> said, I always remember that. Maybe he's a part of the old generation, but we need to learn a lot from old generation pastors that stays. Well, and I think uh, I know your story well, and but our podcast listeners don't. Uh, I think one of the reasons you are able to stay and one of the reasons you are able to wade through some of these difficult conflicts is because you you learned in a difficult way that you needed to take care of yourself as a leader in order to do that. Um, and, and, and really, if we want to be good leaders, we have to take care of ourselves. And I know you are a huge uh, an investor in your time and believe in the Academy of Spiritual Formation. So maybe tell us a little bit about, about that aspect of your journey and how you came to that realization. Well, I, I had a lot of crisis. And I passed for a lot. Uh, you know, at the beginning, I was so um, fascinated with growing. And when I saw in the first two years that the church was from 30 people to 150, and even my ordination was in the, in the, in the track they call in ABC, uh, American Baptist Church's uh, context, uh, successful ministry, because I didn't have my, my master's. So I, did, I have a special track to be ordained. Uh, successful ministry it was sounds very good, and I was you know even thinking in uh, buying uh, big buildings and we actually we bought a the skating rink <laughs> the, <laughs> biggest, the biggest building in in the city, and we still own owns that building but but it 's not our uh, sanctuary right now <laughs> but, so I have a lot of crisis people live in the church, uh, even the personal crisis of being born out. And the personal crisis, which is very difficult to surpass, that is a divorce. Mm. So I pay in my own family and my own situation. It was very painful. But the same community, the same family we create supports me. And those, I remember that, that meeting when I was in front of the church and, and uh, my ex-wife was in front of the church. And we, we you know, said oh, we are just leaving the church. This is the key. And we are you know, uh, in this process, very painful process of divorce. 
and the church, they said, we are not treating uh, different than you are treating us. We are going with grace, and we are going to pay for you to recover, and we are going to pay you a, a sabbatical. It was very painful moments in 2009, uh, but the church was there, and no one single member, interesting, in that crisis, no one single member moved the church. We were all together. And I, I have another idea about church growing. Is is the idea that the church was created for crisis, was born in crisis, and was created for crisis. And every time I can see the church very loose and very comfy and very, you know, uh, everything is okay, I am very worried. Then I'm in, I'm in crisis. <laughs> because if I don't have crisis in church, I provoke those crises. So I'm a, yeah, I'm, I'm the bad guy in the church because I'm always provoking uh, new movements and new ministry or something, you know, in order to move the people from benches because I can see people. So everything's okay. They come to church and they just clap. And, you know, we made the, the whole uh, church. Our, our church is very Baptist-coastal, uh, you know, for Latino tropical side, um, very Puerto Ricans and Cubans and, um, for that reason, I'm always provoking something new because I, I, I need to move people from their um, um, uh, apparently stability. The church is not created for stability. It's created to be to unstable these present things, the, the values of the present. Uh, and, and the kingdom is, is, not, is not about to be comfortable in your, pair, in your chairs. It's about to move uh, and always looking for something else. There's something else for us outside. Um, and, and what happens to, you know, uh, balance that life of crisis and burnout, and it was a spiritual formation. So the bed is the, my spiritual disciplines, the cultivate silence and cultivate a spiritual formation. In 2005, I, I found the Academy for Spiritual Formation. It's a program for, for the uh, upper room ministries. And I start going every single year, maybe twice in a year, to five days academies. And then uh, I start the two years academy. And then also we start even directing uh, the, the, the first academy for spiritual formation in Cuba, um, experiences in Dominican Republic and other places. And now I'm part of the advisory board of the Academy for Spiritual Formation. Uh, I'm the only Latino member, and the only one without any doctorate or, or book, <laughs> but the, the book of experience. You know, the, that's, that's the, I, I'm always said that uh, God, uh, Christ saved my, my soul and saved my life, but the Academy and the discipline saved my ministry because that, that's the bed when I quiet myself and I analyze and I'm, I fight my ego and fight all, all those uh, powers that we always are surround, surrounded, always the pastors and the, the people that, in, in ministry and the leadership. Well, now they get to use your handsome face and all their promotional material that pops up everywhere on Christian Century and Christianity <laughs> Today and Facebook and all this stuff. But, uh, yeah, one of, my, uh, one of my mentors, Dr. Chris Gamble, um, who helps lead Faith Health NC and the Center for Congregational Health, 
Uh, one of the things he talked about is he said that healthy and unhealthy conflict are necessary for the church uh, because it's in conflict that we discover who we are uh, and who we are together. And, uh, you know, I think it's a testament to your leadership and to this process of breaking past a, uh, a development of growth um, and spiritual growth as a congregation, you know, that you spent so much time focusing on relationships and family. And we all know from our own family experiences that families have conflict and families fight. And um, I think it is beautiful and brilliant that even in one of the most challenging personal conflicts of your life, um, that family, that congregation surrounded you and embraced you. Um, Oh, yes, uh, they they are still and we still remember that they uh, for me was a kind of reborn was a kind of a new um, um, you know I raised my hand again and I said first time I said that to my Lord when I was a kid and then I said that to the church you know I <laughs> I was surrendered <laughs> to the the ministry of the church because that day I experimented in my own flesh. But that means that grace that we can learn from uh, the ministry God gave us. Uh, I, I always remember that with tears and, and the church. And I put that, even I remember that on some of my sermons. Because uh, I, I need to, you know, that narrative is very important mm. for the church. To remember those days of grace. Because we lose the track a lot. And we need to remember those days. And, and, and that we are doing now. I'm, even we are receiving families very broken. And pastors, uh, at this moment, I'm working with one of the very good pastor, broken for the divorce too. And we are opening a new place for him. And he's, he's coming to our community and we are helping him to, to rethink ministry and to renew in our uh, congregation. And, and he's surprised by grace. And we need to, be, to, to learn to be surprised by grace. I wonder if we might turn our attention to uh, some, some practical advice you might be able to give some of our church starters as we focus in on this topic of breaking past the a ceiling of development and growth. Uh, one of our listeners and church starters journeying through the process um, submitted this question uh, to you. He said, Ruben, I went from five core group members to 12 in a matter of a week or two. Help. <laughs> what kind of advice would you give uh, to this church starter about helping develop and groom uh, this this core group of people? Uh, clarify that he was from five to twelve, five to twelve, in just a matter of a week or two. Wow, I was from twelve to one in a matter of uh, two days. <laughs> <laughs> you are the opposite. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I kind of the opposite. So, congratulations for him. I, I, I'm not sure he; those people are part of the group, core group. In you know, in the way I was talking, it, it, it takes time for me. Um, the people can be part of the, you know, embrace the vision. Can be uh, very happy with what is happening, but. Are they ready to give their skins on that? 
there's some questions he needs to, to put on table. Uh, from 5 to 12 is good, sounds good. But remember, when you are on the cross, maybe you're going to have be from 70 or from 12 to three women and <laughs> one little brother over there. <laughs> so um, uh, be careful. Be careful. Remember, the core group is about uh, relationship. It's about um, confidentiality. Mm. It's about um, a lot of people, a lot of things that you need to taste. In, in, in the, you know, in the month. And it's good for planning, uh, but maybe you are not sure they, they will stay. Uh, 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 it's a tension. It's like the kingdom. It's a tension. You are loving people and you're embracing them, but at the same time, you are knowing maybe they will not stay. Yes. And you need to be ready for that and to learn that. Uh, uh, and I hope you are not, Sometimes things like I am thinking that maybe I'm bipolar, something like that, because, you know, you are, you are hugging people, uh, but sometimes, you know, they're kissing or no, the real ones will stay in the future. Mm -hmm. So it's a matter of time. It's a matter of commitment. It's a matter of a lot of activities that they, if they appear, you know, I, I got a lot of people said, pastor is going to do this. And I said, well, start you when you are starting this. <laughs> so if they appear, they will be part of that group and put some tasks and everything in the bed of spiritual formation, silence and reflections and deep relationships. Uh, you know, we, we are living in the culture that you can, you can see each other in the coffee shop and have a, a chatting, like a 12-minute chatting. And then we say, yeah, that's my friend. No, that's not your friend. It takes more, more than that. So are they related with the vision? Uh, are they growing spiritually and not only planning? Because sometimes we are obsessed with the planning session. I'm obsessed with the deep spiritual relationships we have. Well, I think one of the things uh, that oppresses me the most about you, and um, trust me, that list goes on and on and on. Uh, I'm a big fan of you. Um, in all our conversations, uh, I see the success of your congregations. I've, I've actually, you know, physically seen it. I've been to your church community, but I never hear you talk about numbers as the way you define success. So how does Ruben Ortiz define success for the church? For me, it's a clear, uh, it's a clear, um, uh, objective, a uh, clear goal to serve, serving people. That's what we are. That's what we do all the time. And that, that has nothing to do with numbers. We are here to serve. Call me anytime. Those are words I always use. Call me anytime. My cell phone number is not hidden. You know, my cell phone number, they have it. Um, I'm, uh, I'm available. I'm always available. So I am not behind programs or, you know, I'm, I'm available with respect, you know, with, uh, I, I'm taking care of my family and I am not repeating the same mistakes in that in the past, you know, I'm, I'm a wife. I'm, and she's, <laughs> let me tell you, she, she's a, a Methodist, an ordained uh, Methodist uh, pastor and, and she's good, you know, and, and very jealous in our family time. So I learned from the past, but I'm, I'm available. Uh, 
So my day is to serve and my day is to duplicate what is happening here. And my day is to, to, uh, to have friends. Um, I'm in the mission to have a million of friends. I'm going to ask them for $1 and everything will be okay. <laughs> <laughs> so <laughs> for me, it's important that uh, idea that we are here to serve and not about numbers. Now we are, we are opening a new service in 9-11, September 11. We are starting very symbolic day. You know, we are opening now two services in, in La Primera, uh, 9 a.m. and 11 a.m. And we have a lot of people committed. When I talk with my ushers, uh, ministry and they said we now we are 14 people serving Sundays 14 people we don't need 14 ushers <laughs> uh, okay if you put six or four per service we'll be okay and the rest of the people okay pass to another ministry <laughs> and we have uh, like a two or three people playing piano and uh, and you know and all the instruments because we have a, a tropical band here and they are they are ready to do it uh, but with that commitment that no problem, we, we had in the past two services and when the bubble with uh, the market bubble was, you know, high, Daltona was full of people. And then we have two services and then we reduce to one service again. So numbers is, doesn't matter for me. We have people sometimes and maybe we have a crisis and we have 100, but I will be part of those 100. Mm. I'm not leaving. You know, I'm not guided. We have a huge crisis three years ago, four years ago when we bought that building and then the market crashed and, you know, we, we have to pay a lot in, in that mortgage. And we talked with the administration and they, I said, uh, please cut all my benefits. Cut all my benefits, no problem. But pastor, you're, you're looking for another, maybe another job. I'm staying. <laughs> I am not living. I'm staying without my benefits. No problem. Cut all my benefits. I don't have any problem with that. But, but I, I have problem that someday somebody will ask if I was faithful or not to my calling. And my calling, as I know and as I feel and as I live every day, is stay with people and journey with them in their journeys and embrace they, them in their daily life and this is this is the uh, for the future we have a lot of dreams at the same time we have a, a school uh, you know preschool and we are growing in that uh, hiring more more teachers and opening more services in that so we have a lot of dreams but at the same time can be backwards that idea in the U.S., I don't know why, that idea in the first world that we always need to get more rich or to have more, 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 more. If you go one step down, you're, now you're losing. No, no, this is not the way I measure myself. I measure myself for my friends and for, for the people I'm embracing. I'm, you know, I have more friends every day. So for me, is that, that is a successful because those are the people that know me and they even love me. As, as I am. Well, it gives me uh, great joy to call you friend, and I'm thankful for your time and uh, for your wisdom you shared with us today. 
Thanks for joining this Church Starts Conversation. For more information about church starting and other initiatives by the Cooperative Baptist Fellowship, visit cbf.net.